It is another edition of Tuesday Takes with Robbie Triano of SiriusXM here on Locked On Big 12. We will discuss Spencer Sanders, the league MVP, question mark. Texas Tech having a very fun and interesting season. Neil Brown is a time to go. And then Baylor, what in the heck? How do we handicap a team that is so up and down? It's all coming up next. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Make sure you guys subscribe to the channel. We are on the road at 2,500 right now, less than 100 away, trying to make it there by the end of the month. So help us achieve that goal by subscribing today. All right, Robbie. Uh, this, this is another fun week in the big 12. And I argue two of the most fun, weird games of the day, uh, Texas and Oklahoma state was the, I, that was probably the game of the day, in my opinion. And also you had the Kansas state TCU game that happened, which was just weird. It was almost like two separate football games were happening in that one. Um, and we're going to start with the Oklahoma state game. And you've got some thoughts on our guy, Spencer Sanders and about, you know, is he the league's MVP? Yeah, hundred percent. And when I look at this team defensively, I don't think they're some crazy team. They are currently littered with injuries across the board defensively and offensively, but they've one constant and that is Spencer Sanders. And he's a quarterback. I think we have loved to just like critique and hate on the past couple of years. And he's shown some really good things throughout his career. Like he was a first team, all big 12 quarterback. The quarterback play was really bad. So that made sense. But this year, We are seeing a true version of him that I didn't think was possible. What he can do with his arm and especially what he can do with his legs. And the fact that Oklahoma State is six and one and really, I don't think should be. There's games they should have lost and he has the ability to carry that team. And we said before the season, if he can put his team on his back, then they can be really good. But we didn't think he could do that. And he is showing it this year. And I think he is the league's MVP because if we look across the league, let's start at TCU. We can say Max Duggan is the best offensive player in the league right now. But I think if he goes down, they have a lot of other talent there. They're going to be fine. Like Chandler Morris is a serviceable quarterback. Let's go to another team. Let's say Kansas State. Deuce Vaughn. Okay, well, they have Adrian Martinez. And Adrian Martinez goes down. They have other pieces there. I think if Oklahoma State loses Spencer Sanders, that team is nowhere where they are now. And they should be really thankful. And it's like amazing that we are finally getting to see this amazing version of Spencer Sanders, who is not, he's not, if he turns over the ball, he's, I'm not afraid that that's going to be the end of him. Like he had a turnover against Texas in a really crucial spot, but they still managed to make it work. And he is a tough MFer, like he said. So I've loved what I've seen since Spencer Sanders this year. And Oklahoma State deserves a lot of credit. Yeah, I mean, the the toughness for him is is off the charts right now. I mean, it's, it is pretty clear he's been injured. And from all reporting, like, he's not really practicing, right? And he's, I mean, he didn't practice and they had him throw the ball 57 times. Like, yeah. that is, that is, that's really difficult. But I mean, he's like, like you said, we talked to Brennan Presley yesterday on Big 12 radio. And he said, you know, yeah, that that's what Spencer said. I'm a tough, you know, MFer. And I think Mike Gundy knows that. It's like, all right, if you're going to play, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you, you know, you're going to be Spencer Sanders. And I think he's totally fine with that. And yeah, I mean, they're nowhere near where they are. They have a different quarterback, you know, and also it's because they're quarterback. I mean, they, they're a team that's got some questions, quarterback depth. But like, I think it's really interesting how he went from game manager last year 
Um, and that was partially out of need, partially out of they. it just was better to put the reins on him, it felt like at times. But he went from, you know, game manager to now focal point. I mean, he is the he is the focal point of the offense, especially because their running game has really struggled. I, I did like actually what we saw last week from Ollie Gordon and Jaden Nixon. I thought it was pretty impressive when when Dom Richardson went down. But yeah, I mean, he is he's a big part of the rushing offense. Obviously, he's a trigger man on the passing offense. And I think a part of this, too, is like he's showing a lot of that skill that he has because we're talking about a lot of different wide receivers for him right now. I mean, they've got a ton of depth, but also a lot of that wide receiver quarterback stuff is relationship building. And so the fact that he has been able to plug in guys, whether it's Presley or, uh, you know, whether they've got to deal with, you know, John Paul Richardson or that's going to be Johnson. I mean, they've got guys, a Bryson Green, they've got guys all across the board that are having really impressive games and now having some freshmen have to come in and play too. Like he's distributing the football well to these guys. And so you can just tell the leadership is there. Yeah. I think there's no doubt. I mean, it's the most valuable position in professional sports and it's pretty clear, like out of this entire league, I think you, know, you might say, Hey, Dylan Gabriel, you saw, you know, saw what happened, but like, we're talking about, you, you have to add performance plus value, right? We're talking about a most valuable player. We're not just like, what would happen if you remove player X? It's like, all right, we've got guys who you could say are most valuable, right? We have TCU, we've got Kansas State, we've got Texas, Oklahoma State. And then we, once you set that plateau of performance, then you say, all right, who's the most valuable to their team, right? And I think you're totally spot on with it being Spencer. Yeah, and when I look at him, I think not only is he the MVP of the league right now, but like I really think he should be in considerable Heisman candidate, like a candidate. I think he should. I, from what he is showing right now with the team's success, him being the MVP of that team and also like his statistics. Like when we look at the league, he is currently first in passing yards in the entire league, 2,030 passing yards. He has 15 touchdowns, four interceptions. And then you look at his rushing stats. I mean, right now he has eight rushing touchdowns. That is the most he's ever had in his entire career. And he's about, I don't know. He like, he still has a lot of, lot of game left. We are right. seeing... His this version of himself right now, he is currently elevating this team to that spot. That's what we said about Jalen Daniels early in this season. And I think Oklahoma State is like should be a team that if they run the rest of the season should be in college football playoff consideration. That's yeah, it. like I yeah, no, I, really I actually I agree with that. That's something that we do actually I talked about yesterday. It's like they they lost to the right team at the right time, right? I think the best thing, best possible scenario for them is TCU wins out. They obviously have to win out and they get another crack at TCU in the Big 12 championship game. Now, they might need some help, but I think it's really interesting about, about the Spencer Sanders MVP thing. Like, I'm not sure he's going to win offensive player of the year, especially Robbie, if TCU, if they, if they go on, if they continue with the run they're on and win this league and, and, and you know, total touchdowns, Matt, I think, I think, I think you're totally right with the, the assessment. TCU's got more around the quarterback than Oklahoma State is around the quarterback. And uh, Duggan's numbers, he's actually got 23 touchdowns right now, same number total as Sanders has. But if you do stack those two up, two up and this is not this is not supposed to demean Max Duggan at all. It's just like, yeah, Spencer, Spencer, and also story-wise too, this guy took a leap like we we're like, could he ever do it? Will he ever actually do this thing? And he's doing it. And sure, there's turnovers along the way. It's not like we're doing this Adrian Martinez bit where it's like, no picks. He's got no picks. It's like, no, there's there's right. that in there. But like you mentioned, like it's not he's not he's not becoming a repeat offender within certain games, right? Uh, I'm not, yeah, no game this year where he's had multi interceptions. And look, that's been something you know it, it can snowball on him. Big Twelve Championship game, right? Other games against Baylor, it really snowballs him in those games. 
I think we're right on here about, about this, but I think, you know, while you say, while you're right, yeah, you should be a Heisman candidate. It doesn't really matter because Stroud's blowing everybody out of the water, but I, I'm not even sure at this pace, he's going to win big 12 offensive player of the year. But I think in terms of like most valuable player performance plus value, he's, he is the one, he is the one. So I want to have a conversation on that because I am, I was a preseason voter for the big 12 awards and yes for what I'm thinking, like what will like the voters do for this awards coming up? Because I wouldn't be surprised if Max Duggan won offensive player of the year, but did not win QB one, which is Mm. very strange to say, because I think a lot of people when it comes to offensive player of the year, they go stats heavy with that. Right. And like for QB one, it's hard to be like, I think Spencer Sanders is the most important QB in this entire league. I think honestly, he is like, if I were in charge of a team, if I could pick Max Duggan or Spencer Sanders, I would rather have Spencer Sanders. Like I right. can live with those mistakes that he makes because the things he can do with their legs are both very good with that. Mm-hmm. But what he can do, I think is honestly like he's just more athletically gifted than Max Duggan. Correct. So I, it's really a little in- bit, it's a little bit choppier. I mean, Max is a good athlete, but it's, it looks a little choppier. It Spencer, I like this. I've always said this. He's very fluid. Like everything he does normally is like right. very fluid. Like the way he cuts, the way he moves, Max can be a bit more, you know, smash mouth at times. It's a bit more size on him. Um, yeah. But I mean, he's fat. He's fast, too. I, I actually don't think we talk about how fast Max Duggan is enough. But, like, it's it's like Jalen Daniels versus Jason Bean, right? Like, Duggan, when he gets going downhill, it's pretty, it's really impressive. But Jalen Daniels has more wiggle to him. I think that's kind of almost yeah. like these two we're, we're seeing right here. Hey, everyone. Quick word from our sponsors on today's show. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates that are out there. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. You guys can go check out LinkedIn Jobs today to help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster and for free. LinkedInJobs.com slash locked on college that's linkedinjobs.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions do apply and honestly from what i'm seeing from this season like i think spencer sanders can like have a nice career in the nfl what i think he so can too. Do, yeah like i honestly think he could have he probably won't have a better career in the nfl because i don't know if he's going to start early on but like i think what he can do to extend drives like that will be that will work in any place as a backup too, especially that's why, like, when we have these conversations, like, Peter Burns will say something like, oh, the, the SEC, no one can touch the SEC teams right now. <sighs> right. But it comes to, like, the Big 12 and Spencer Sanders. Spencer Sanders could play against any team in the country and I think could have success. Yes, yeah. he failed against Baylor in the past couple of years. But, like, what we're seeing right now, he can succeed against any defense right now. And I really yeah. think he is. And, like, I also want to give credit to Oklahoma State's receivers. I think they have a pretty loaded group. Brendan Presley, mm-hmm. Braden Johnson, who was hurt last game. You have you have Bryson Green. Like this is a team that like has good weapons. They John Paul not- Richardson too, and and oh, the Johnson kids gonna be good. And Shetron got concussed last game. That kid's a freshman, supposed to be really good too. I want to give Mike Gundy credit. Like like this is a team that like never succeeds recruiting wise compared to the rest of the league. But <clears> they are tough. They they grow you from within. It's a de- de- developmental program, and I think they have the depth, which is just incredible for a program like Oklahoma State that does not recruit the four or five stars. They have three stars. You grow within that program. They don't even really take in transfers, which is kind of amazing. It's like once you're there, you're kind of there. Right. And they, 
like they want you to be there. And I think Mike Gundy's even said, like, I, I rather do that than to do what everyone else is doing to just take it, take a recruit. So like, I want to give credit to Mike Gundy, but I also want to give credit to like, he never really punted on Spencer Sanders. All of no, us. He, never, he never wavered. He never wavered once. And that's like amazing coaching. That's amazing coaching right. because there's times right. we want to be like, you stink. But then like, he just continues to grow and grow and grow and get better. And now he's reaching his apex level. I, it's an awesome story what's happening to Spencer Sanders based on like how everyone wants to dunk on him in prior years. I mean, also he's overcoming the worst defense. Like they actually have the worst defense in the league in terms of like yards loud and stuff like that. All right. The, the, the team that allegedly is my least favorite team in the league. Not sure how that happened. Um, really? so, uh, people have, have said that I am a Texas tech hater. I mentioned this to you, Robbie, yesterday. They, they said that um, that I need to apologize to players and to the program and to the coaches because I and also I was wrong about how good their defense. Guys, their defense is not good. Like th- this West Virginia game is is it really is going to help the numbers? I have not. I watched the game against NC State. I enjoyed that a little bit. That that was that was like a fine defensive effort. We talked Robbie about this too, and Joey McGuire has mentioned this too. They aren't turning teams over enough on the defensive end. So don't come to me and be like, this defense is awesome. They got some playmakers in the defense. They have playmakers, I believe, at all three levels of the defense. All right. Uh, they got Merriweather. Uh, they got Tyree Wilson. Uh, what's, I forget the kid's name in the back end. Who's, you know, he's the one guy who seems to be forcing some turnovers. Like they've got guys that can force turnovers in this defense or that can force turnovers. They aren't doing enough. They got guys that make plays, uh, but they need some more help. That being said, Robbie, I've, I've said this about Texas Tech. If you beat them, that means that you are really good. All right. That means, or that means you're just not really good. That means you're good. All right. Because if you look at the way their season has transpired, that loss against, that loss against NC state, that was a full strength NC state. It's probably the best game NC state played this year was still a two score loss on the road with a back of quarterback with Donovan Smith up, out there. All right. And then I'm trying to think about like, you know, the Kansas state loss, they were tied in the fourth quarter on the road. All right. They didn't get blown out in that game. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to think who else they lost. They had three losses, don't they? Oh, Oklahoma State, 10 point game. That thing was close towards the end. Like, yeah, you can pull away from them a little bit in the end, but you have to. I, I like the fact that you got to beat this team. They don't have first year head coach vibes. That's not what they give off to me. Totally. And I think Joey McGuire actually inherited a, a pretty good roster. Like, he had a bowl winning roster. Yes. Like, that team won a bowl yes. game last year against Mississippi State. It's not right. like a New Year's Six bowl team, but they won. They won a bowl game and he inherits his roster and he inherits, honestly, I think the best QB room in the entire big 12 when it comes to depth, like you can say what you want about Donovan Smith, but like, I think a team like Kansas would really like to have a quarterback like that right now. Jason Bean's good, but I think Donovan Smith can do some things, but now you have Baron Morton who is like, thank you. Like this quarterback is awesome. Like, right. like this is what a Texas tech quarterback should be like. And the fact right. that we have him for the future is awesome, but the, the reason I think Texas Tech isn't done causing chaos is because, honestly, the, the two Big 12 games that they lost are against, my opinion, top three Big 12 teams, Kansas State and Oklahoma State, and you battle against them. And then you destroy West Virginia. I'm talking destroy West Virginia. And now you have Baylor, who you are favored against, and then you have TCU. If you can win those two games, honestly, like it's not crazy to think that Texas Tech can somehow sneak into the Big 12 title game. They're in the season, wow. Kansas at Iowa State versus Oklahoma. And here's how they can do that. Because they have the offense with the quarterback in Barron. Oh. They have a defense that can be feisty. But the thing is, they are now going to this final stretch of the season 
against teams that are probably going to be a little tired, especially TCU. And this is an amazing stat. Right now, plays per game, offensively, Texas Tech is number one in the country, and it's not close. Not close at all. Right now, they're averaging 97.2 plays per game. Number two in the entire country is Oklahoma State with 83.7. There's a 14-play difference. And the fact that they are able to stay on the field and wear teams out like that, and they are more than willing to go for it on fourth down. I think they're currently them or Baylor is first in the league right now on fourth down attempts. Like, this is a team that right now is going to be a pain in everyone's butt. And I think that they have a, a, a very realistic shot of making a bowl game. And also, I just oh, think yeah. that, oh, yeah. that TCU game in a couple of weeks, that's going to be a major, major game. And that might be my favorite game that week because, like, I don't even know if TCU can can win that, and we know how good TCU is. So right now, if you're a Texas Tech fan, one, you have to be ecstatic about your future of Baron Morton, Joey McGuire, but second, like you can actually do some damage to this like bottom half of the Big 12 schedule. Yeah, I think for them, you know, I'm not gonna go as far as you did with like maybe sneaking to the Big 12 championship game. The problem is they've got losses to Kansas State and Oklahoma State, right? So in a tiebreaker situation, that that might hurt you. Um, but if you get two I'll, losses, like if those are their only two losses in big 12 play, like it's not crazy to think. Yes. It's not crazy to think, but the problem is what if one of those teams is you are tied with, right? That is the ultimate issue. Um, I will say this about them. Like, uh, uh, look, I don't, we're watching Bailey's app right now. Um, let me tell you something, folks. They, if you're a Texas tech fan, like give, give Zach Kitley a hug. I'm not sure he's gonna be around very long. Uh, what he does offensively works. Think about how we got here, right? Houston Baptist, okay? They were there. That's where Bailey Zapp was. That's where was. Where'd they go next? Western Kentucky. It worked. Where'd they go next? Texas Tech. Well, not, not only did it work at Western Kentucky, people forget this. Bailey Zapp broke, the rec- broke Joe Burrow's record for most touchdown passes thrown in a season, all right? And I know it's all whatever conference. Yeah, but like, there's no, you know, we're not throwing to Jefferson and Moss and, 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 uh, and uh, Jamar Chase, they're not throwing one of those guys. And now at Texas Tech, and it's clearly working too. And like, if you're a quarterback, you want to go play for this guy. You want you want to go play for this guy. And I think they're gonna make sure you know, even when he leaves, they they keep this thing rolling. But right now, I think what we're seeing this year is obviously uh, Joey McGuire did a great job of keeping these guys there. He did a great job of hiring coaches. It looks like, right? And I know they want more of their defense. Uh, he's doing a good job recruiting. And so like, this is plus plus plus. And look, I said that. At the start of the year, I was like, if this team goes five and seven, it might be a really impressive five and seven. Then they're going to do better than that, right? I mean, they're now what, sitting at four and three. Baylor game is going to be tough, but they're at home. TCU game on the road is going to be tough. Kansas at home at Iowa State, Oklahoma. I mean, yeah, we're talking. This team should win six games. If they go two and three the rest of the way, they're in a bowl game, and I think it's a really good place to be. And maybe even go seven and five this year. So, and and look, they they're going to have a chance to have a say in in somehow how some teams, you know, they. they they asked some serious questions of Texas, that early loss uh, that they handed them. They, they might get Neil Brown fired. That kind of, that kind of felt like the straw that broke the Campbell's back. Right. I think that he'll keep going, but I think that and we'll get to that in a second. That was kind of the moment. Um, and now they, I know, I think that they're feeling, they're probably feeling pretty dangerous, Robbie. They're probably feeling pretty dangerous. Yeah. And I think this is a team right now that like has so much momentum and we talk about the new big 12, this is a team and program I've said multiple times, I think should be a top five program in the new big 12, because I think they have an amazing guy leading that. He is like the thing about Joey McGuire. I have no idea what he does X's and O's wise. Like, I don't know what 
schematically he likes to do and everything. I see him as the CEO figure who gets great people around him, and then he gets awesome players to come into his program. And it's looking like it's already working. So, like, Texas Tech fans should be ecstatic about that. But I don't see Zach Kittley, like, running away from this. Like, he has ties to Texas Tech. His dad is a coach at Texas Tech or was a famous coach there. He did track and field there. And also, like, I think he wants to see Baron Morton grow a little bit more as well. And he like, wants to see that bank up. account grow. He wants to see that bank account grow too, though, Robbie. I mean, it, it's. Right. I think I think the results now it's kind of telling. And look, I understand that, but I think sooner or later he's going to go. And people get mad at me for saying this, but like, I mean, it's working everywhere he's going now. It's it's kind right. of a it's 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 a thing. It is a thing. Yes. And right now, Zach Kittley is only thirty-one years old, so like he he has time to like learn and like yes, develop true. something here. True. So yeah. like, I'll give him two to three years at Texas Tech, to be honest. If he leaves Esther this year, it's like, okay, is he just going to hop around all the time? Like, I think he wants to show that he can be, like, he started I mean, a bad... Someone offers him a head coaching job, how do you stay, right? Yeah. If, 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 Charlotte, if Charlotte, I mean, if Charlotte came to him right now and said, all right, we want you to come over, you know, we'll pay you whatever, uh, and, and we'd come, come coach Charlotte, sure, maybe he doesn't turn down that job. But, you know, we saw an NFL team hire Cliff Kingsbury after he got fired. So, and I'm not right. saying NFL teams are to come after him, but like, I, I don't think it's great. You know, Arizona state, what if Arizona state says, all right, this guy is young. We need we need to reboot our program. Colorado wants to reboot the program. I mean, I, I it's, it's not out of own possibility. I'm with you. I think it's a year, your year or two more, but it just speaks to like Joey McGuire picked that guy and got that guy. And that guy is succeeding. And you mentioned the um, CEO thing, like, it's a running joke how how little Davo Sweeney is involved in like the play calling right. and whatnot, right? Um, it, it's it's been a running bit, and I, I don't think Joey's like that, but like he's kind of got the management thing at least year one down. And talk about momentum, like they had two relatively close losses back to back with Kansas State and Oklahoma State, and a ton of injuries to deal with, especially in that quarterback room, and no idea. For them to come out and beat the hell out of West Virginia the way they did, and I know West Virginia, I mean, everybody's depleted at this point. It's not really an excuse anymore. But, like, that's that's really impressive. That's That speaks to something, right? Those two programs, they get showed a little snapshot of kind of where they are at this moment in time. All right, we got to get on to the next program, though. Neil Brown. Yikes. I, I've, I've, I've said my piece about this, Robbie, so I'll let you go ahead and, and say yours. Yes. Uh, I think we've talked about this a lot before, but, there is no reason besides a buyout that Neil Brown should be a head coach at West Virginia. We love him. We've talked to him many times. Great person. I think he does yes. college football the right way. I think when it comes to his, his views on the transfer portal and how the state of college football is bad, I get it. I think he's a good like person to like have in front of your program, but I don't think he's a winner. He reminds me a lot of Matt Wells. Great guy. Awesome guy. You want, you want to have a beer with the man. But he doesn't win. And the thing is, you are now in year four. You are 20 and 22. I think the most wins he has in a season is either either six or seven. I believe it's six. He has one bowl win, and it was from the 2020 season. You have no marquee win, I would say, in the Neil Brown era. I don't think you have a real upset that you can hang your hat on. You have talent that you don't know if it's really there. You're having your best recruiting rankings in West Virginia history. But, like, have we seen that, like, come forward and then you also have some of your best players key mesador like they're just gone Tyke smith you have a lot of great players in that program leaving it's just like you can do better than this i think you're a program that can do better than this people in west virginia absolutely love love 
West Virginia football. Like that is a fact. You have a program that like, I don't know, competes resource wise with the rest of the country, but like in the big 12, they are making a commitment to Neil Brown. Like, I think Neil Brown told us they have like the third best facilities in the entire big 12 right now. So like he is a quarterback that I think has not a quarterback, a coach that has built the foundation for West Virginia to be good moving forward. But I don't think he's the coach for them to win moving forward as well. So besides their buyout, there's no reason West Virginia should keep yeah, Neil Brown. I I think, it, you know, it goes back to last year. What we talked about with TCU. What was TCU's identity last year? And then look, it's the same group of players. We're talking about the same group of players from last year, to this year for TCU. What was TCU's identity last season? They didn't have any, you know, they, they had none. What is it this year? Their offense is really explosive, right? They're, they, they hit a ton of plays of 30 plus yards. And then also on offense, you know, when they're not doing that, they can fall into a groove if they're not, you know, effing around the first half. Well, they can run the ball all over, all over you. I mean, we saw, we've saw, seen it a bunch with how good Kendra Miller and Amari Mercado and Max Duggan have all been running the football. Think about West Virginia, Robbie. Like, they don't, there's nothing that you and I could pick out that we say they do really, really well. That sucks, right? They've had some good defenses, but this defense is not good. They've had some decent quarterback play, but this, de- this quarterback play has been up and, you know, up and down. This offensive line at times has been really good, right? We saw him bully, absolutely bully um, last week, Baylor. We didn't see it this week against Texas Tech. Like, it's, it's just there's no, nothing that's solid there, and that's the problem we talk about recruiting, right? Things are good, but, like, how much – can you keep that going if, number one, people are worried you're going to get fired? Number two, like, what are you selling me on? And I, we like Neil Brown, once again, like you mentioned – but there's nothing tangible there to sell people on right now, in my opinion. And some West Virginia fans might disagree with that. It sucks because we, once again, we all love Neil Brown the same way we all love Matt Wells, but it doesn't mean it's the wrong move to get that, to make that. And look, Neil Brown's a younger guy. You go, go get paid, go do some TV, take some time off, whatever it is. Like, you know, we like these guys. I, I, I struggle Robbie to feel bad for them when this stuff happens. All right. Cause that's just kind of the business way it is. Once again, you got families to move and all that kind of stuff. It's it's very, very difficult. But for guys like Neil Brown, I'm not too worried about it. I also think I'll have another coaching job somewhat soon. He was a rock star at Troy. You know, may, hey, maybe they cut him loose. Maybe a Charlotte wants to take Neil Brown, right? Maybe, maybe that's what I mentioned. Second Charlotte mentioned this in the podcast. But you know, maybe they want somebody from, the, from, you know, a former G5 coach to be well there to get a shout out to Charlotte. Um, you know, so I, I think, like, I think it's just a, it's time. The problem was the extension, right? And they're going to have to come with that money. And I hope they can because I think the timing to me is really interesting. We talk about when the Big 12 is transitioning to 12 teams, right? I mean, 14 and 12. You don't want to fall behind, right? While those four new schools are adjusting to life in this league, you want, if you're a current school, you want to make sure you're staying ahead as opposed to falling behind. And if they get acclimated and you're not acclimated and now you're behind the new schools, that's right. a tough place to be. And I think West Virginia is in a spot right now. That, that is a potential reality. One more word from our sponsors on today's show. Today's Locked On Big 12 podcast is brought to you by our friends at Sweatblock. Sweatblock has been helping people deal with their sweat issues for a long time, like Chris, who suffered from excessive sweating for 10 years. He was so worried about sweating through his dress shirts that he started packing maxi pads into his shirt to soak up the sweat until he found Sweatblock. Sweatblock changed the game for him, and now it can do the same for you. You guys can find it 
at sweatblock.com today. Use the promo code locked on. That's L O C K E D O N locked on, and you'll receive a 20% off discount with your first purchase at sweatblock.com. It's also available at Amazon. I'm not calling for everyone's job here, but we look at the two main sports at West Virginia, football and men's basketball. You were heading into the last year, two years yeah. for Bob yeah, Huggins. Yeah, it's getting out of there. Right now, they are, Bob Huggins will never get fired. Like, I just want to know. But, like, I don't see a path for West Virginia to have success right now because I don't think they've truly adapted what college basketball is now, and that is getting really good transfers and also, like, being old. And, like, I don't think West Virginia is really there, and they're losing a lot of their top talent. I think they're going to be a bottom five team in the Big 12 this season. Basketball talk. Can't believe we're doing this. But I really think it's time for, like, a just a fresh change there. Like, I think now it's coming to the point, like, what's happening at Oklahoma, like, and even kind of right. TCU when they got Jamie Dixon. Like, you just need to start new. You're heading to this new Big 12. Things are kind of stale right now. You need to get a better football coach. You need to have a better basketball coach. Bob Huggins is obviously amazing. I don't want to get slander from West Virginia fans, but like you need new direction somewhere. So West Virginia, like sports in general right now needs to like decide what their identity is going to be heading into the new big 12. And it kind of needs to start now. I agree. One more thing. Baylor is weird. You can't figure him out. I haven't figured out. I I, I don't know why you're not listening to me about this. I've I, I told you who Baylor is Robbie and you just won't listen to me. You won't listen. I just don't, I just don't get it. Like, I just really don't get it. I, I, this team is by far the most confusing team in the entire league. I just, I don't get it. Like they have, they have they're not confusing though. I keep telling you what they are. You know, you won't listen to me. They're inconsistent. They're just not there yet. But it's, it's just like, like, I just, I don't know what to That's make. What happened the other day? They lost focus. They could have buried, they could have buried Kansas. Robbie, they were running like bubble screens on third and 12 because they knew Kansas couldn't tackle them. They couldn't get to the football and stop them. They had the speed advantage. They had the talent advantage on the outside. And and what happened? I think they lost focus because this is a, you know, this is a newish group. And Blake Shapin is not coming along as fast as we all as we all think he is. It's not hard. It's not rocket science. I know you wanted them to be good. I know you love Baylor, but they're just not the team that we all thought they were going to be. They're not. I just think the coaching is way too good for this team to just be so meh. Like, like meh is maybe kind of hard to say, but it's like, I don't think this team's going to like push to make a big 12 title run this year. I don't think they have the talent. I think they're too young and it's just like watching them. I'm like, you guys could just be better. <laughs> like right. I watch them and I'm just like, there's more than what's happening. Like the potential here is too great for you guys to just be like kind of meh. Like you play Kansas, but like towards the end of that game, I'm like, holy crap. Like Kansas is going to come back. That's a team that kind of wanted it a little more. And then look in the sidelines and like, Baylor's just like a funny team to watch because you look on the sidelines and they're always jumping. They're always jumping up and down. Dave Aranda is sometimes smacking butts. And it's like, what is going on here? <laughs> like, it feels like kind of like fake what's going on there. And I look at the fans and I'm like, all right, I don't even think they really care right now. Uh, the fans are like, it's just like Baylor's so confusing. This team has so much potential and it's just like, meh. I, I, I didn't, I don't understand them. It is funny to watch them. Like when Kansas, we went on that run. I'm not sure if you saw us the other day, but Kansas is going on that run. And they show Randall the sideline and like Kansas is about to kick off and like all the players are swaying and stuff. And it's like, yeah, they're in the you, swag you, surf. <laughs> I'm like, you guys, you guys are just getting like housed right now. Like you like, you let this, you let this team who's like depleted and has got like, you know, is getting, is getting dog walked every week, you know, in the first half of games come back. Like we've seen it four times. Like we're seeing it over and over and over again. Kansas is starting so slow in like all of their games. 
and you guys need to put them away. And they're like, you know what? We'll just let the comeback happen. It was like watching an NBA game. You're like, I know Team X is going to come back. I, I, I Kansas just comes back yeah. and makes it a game. It's like, put them away. Put them away. 28-3 at halftime. And, and they didn't, I mean, they scored in the third quarter. I forgot. Like, they barely did it. They did. Also, just a random observation I've seen. I don't think I've ever seen Dave Miranda open his mouth on the sideline. He's always standing there with his arms crossed by yeah. himself, just like looking, looking around. squinting, looking I've concerned. Never hear, I've never heard him say a single word. Like, yeah. I don't know how he communicates with others. I think he just stares at them and sign like, language. Like, American Sign Language is what he's using. Yeah. Like, they just like, kind of know, like, okay, coach, yes. So, like, he's, <laughs> I don't know how that team works. It's just like, like people are just jumping randomly and then they're just like getting scored on. And then Dave Aranda just sits there and does nothing in the press conference. He's like, yeah, well, you know, we could have played better. It's like th this team is just like a little weird to me, right? Now. I think, I, I think one off season, they keep a lot of these guys and get one or two pickups in the transfer portal. I think this team is right back in the conversation for being a big title contender next year. I think they are right back there. If they just get some, and look, we'll see. Kyron, Kyron drones too. Like, Honestly, I think they might have to make a decision. Like, I'm not. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa! I think Kyron I, I'm Jones not there. Maybe have a package he, for him. Yeah, I do, but I think like I'm not saying he's better than Blake Shaveman, but I think like the future. Why? Like, I don't know. I they're, think they're, people they're, had too high expectations for Blake Shaveman coming I in, agree. and he's not meeting them. And so now we're asking Gary Bohannon. That's what happens. Like they did that no, to them. But, okay, but but I that choice was not made for for this. Well, maybe some people think that. It's made for the next two or three years. You're saying our offense as a whole has to get better. And you can't argue this. Their offense is more dynamic now than it was last year. It's just not as consistent. Or actually, right. I, I would say it's it's probably just as consistent as last year's offense because last year's offense was very consistent. But like it's just not consistently more dynamic, right? It's not producing the results that we thought it would at, you know, all the time in turn of the I mean, they're loose with the rock. They, they don't keep up the pressure. I mean, that they, they were two separate offenses in the first and second half last week. Yeah. And I'm not I will saying say that they, they did get the drives they needed to put away the game, which I thought was somewhat encouraging. But, right. like, you, you could have done that in the third quarter. One thing that's not weird about Baylor, though, is Richard Reese. He's an absolute beast. Yeah, awesome. I think, like, yeah. the future of him and the – like, honestly, like, they just have to afraid he doesn't get poached. I don't, I don't think Baylor's a program. I think they're going to keep them because, like, what I've seen from them – Throughout Dave Aranda's tenures, like they don't really like lose people. Like I think last year they right. had the fewest like people who left their program to the transfer portal. But like that's a player that like if I'm a major program, I'm like, all right, how do we get this guy? Because yeah, he's, he's incredible. You don't see a whole lot of top. Like I know Zach Evans left, but I think that was more of a personality. Yeah, he was just a situation. Weird. I mean, I was Georgia, and then he was, and and look, the and look, it worked out a lot for them with Kendra Miller. But like you know, Oklahoma and Texas, they they've got some jumbling, but. You don't see a, a ton of turnover, I think, in my opinion, at least, on the offensive side for a lot of a lot of these teams. The Big Twelve. I mean, right. yeah. you didn't see any of the Iowa State guys who definitely definitely could have left for greener pastures, right? Didn't see them go. You didn't see. You haven't seen a lot of Baylor guys go other places, right. so on and so forth. So yeah, there's that. All right, I, I, didn't, I didn't mean, I didn't mean to throw that either, but I just think he's that good. You know, I, I mean, he's. I mean, he looks really good. Gonna leave. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, we're, yeah, we're not trying to say he's gonna leave. It's just like you get concerned, right? We saw, we see Jameer Gibbs at Alabama. We know. All right, Robbie, uh, where can people find you and your work and all of its variety? Big Twelve Radio, SiriusXM Channel three seventy five. Josh and I do an amazing job on Big Twelve today from two to five Central. You can follow me on Twitter at at the Trano Kid. And if you like college basketball, Big Twelve basketball, I have something coming in the works next two weeks. I think you'll like that. It's exciting. All right, Robbie Triano, we appreciate your time as always. We'll talk to you next week. Awesome. Talk to you soon.